Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisper and Brew. We are flying solo today, as you can see. Let's get it out of the way. No Bruce joining us for the foreseeable future, uh, as I posted on the socials. Life is bigger than Supercoach, so we've got some things to to contend with on, on Bruce's side of things. Um, look, hopefully hopefully everything's okay with him. Um, we, we know that, obviously, health is important, so we, we want we want our beloved brother to, to just sit tight, take care, and we'll get him back when he is ready. As for me, I'm not going anywhere. The podcast is not going anywhere. We will soldier on. As you can see um, from the YouTube viewers, we ended up finishing with a pretty nice 13.25 last week. Boosted all the way up into 1700th or 1782nd. So pretty good rank boost there. Um, team values creeping up nicely as well. We saw the trades um, pay off for everyone last week. We finally had a bit of movement when it comes into when it comes to price rises, price falls. So we managed to gain. 320k or so. Uh, hopefully that continues to go up with some of the trades we are making this week. Have we seen a, a revision back to 2021? Or is it a bit of a mix with 2021 and 2022, like of prior years? Is base stats back or, or whatnot? Look, time will tell, but a little bit of a bounce back last week for everyone. I think the pass score increased dramatically as well. So a thousand, a lot of people seem to be hitting a thousand, whereas the first two weeks we were struggling. But yeah. Live and learn. We move on to round four. It's creeping up on us quickly. Um, who knows what's going to be happening moving forward. But the teamless Tuesday news, our boy Kelma Tuatlagi, named to start for the Tigers, back after the HIA protocols. So very, very, very good there for Supercoach stocks. Very good for anyone that was getting a little bit light in reserves. We've got Tuatlagi back. We know from his round one performance, I think it was a 50-point game. Um, and round two, a little bit more quiet, but we get him back. And he's been raring to go, apparently. So... Training the house down is what we want to hear. Brody Jones beats Jirai Mamasia for the start on the back row position. Uh, shout out to Mamasia at 205k. Somehow lost money, uh, lost 20k. So, bit of an AE nightmare coming off the bench. I mean, Brody Jones is there. 275k. You do have a couple of stats on him. When he started for t- in 2021 in the back row, uh, average 50.5, priced at 275k. So, nice there. Uh, but the worrying thing was he only went above 50.5, the, the average that he accrued over the four games once. And that was a 67-point outlier. But as I said, at 275K, he's definitely worth a look. Um, we do get two two weeks to look at him basically for free. He's not someone like a, a Talon May who I'm happy to go early on um, because I just don't think the ceiling is there. But I'm definitely keen to bring him in um, for maybe, maybe trading out one of my... Uh, cash cows that have have reached enough to be slaughtered, and uh, we'll move them on to Brody Jones in yeah two or three weeks. But time will tell if he can hold that spot. Uh, Nathan Cleary, the big one, he is back. We know he was 
he was out for three weeks, and we finally get him back now. Panthers had a great start. Sean O'Sullivan's done a fantastic job, uh, but the Australian, the best number seven in Australia, is back for the Panthers. A huge, huge boost for them, and yeah, a pretty good grand final rematch they are without Liam Martin and James Fisher Harris, who are on the extended. Time will tell if Ivan Cleary pulls the pin and gets them in. Uh, Trent Robinson out with COVID. Not a teamless Tuesday news, but one to note: we saw the Sharks uh, participate round one without their head coach in Craig Fitzgibbon. And the Roosters are going to have to do it in North Queensland with no Trent Robinson. So, not too much of a super coach, uh, I guess, relevance, but definitely one to note there. Something pretty funny to, to, to note. Brandon Smith benched, question mark. What's happening with Harry Grant, Josh King, Nelson Asper-Solomona? What is doing Craig Bellamy? Does that make Grant... Oh, a lot of people are calling him a must-have. Is he still a must-have with, with this... Uh, like unknown uncertainty around his minutes. Do we think that come game day, Josh King moves to the front row, Nelson Aspasolomona moves to the bench and Cheese comes at 13? Is there some kind of weird Grant and Cheese rotation which could stifle a lot of things? I mean, Harry Grant owners, if you've owned him from round one, must be a tad frustrating. Missed round one with suspension, killed it round two, round three out with COVID, round four, there's now some question marks over um, his minutes. Look, I think... Brandon Smith isn't going to be an issue for that, but definitely one thing to note, and I think it's it is funny that yeah all these things pile up for for Harry Grant owners. But look, I think you'll be safe come round four, and you've got the best hooker back in the game. Um, but yeah, that was kind of everything that that I took out of Teamless Tuesday. They're getting more and more mundane as the as the weeks go by. Teams are slowly so- sorting to starting to find their feet. Um, Jack Hetherington out for the season as well. A bit of an injury news on the front there. Probably the biggest one coming out of uh, of the last round's injuries. But Tualangi back, big one for, for Supercoach fans. We get um, a cash cow back on the rise and hopefully we can get a few good scores out of him that creep into the rolling average and we can keep him moving forward. Let's move into the buys and sells of the week. The top 10 from each position or each position from each um, category, buy and sell. When it comes to the buy side of things, no surprises here that Talon May is the, the most bought player. Um, I think 4,500 people brought him in last week. I was one of those, and, and we, we we reaped the rewards. Very, very lucky that they played um, more than half the game against 12 men. It definitely opened up the side of the field for Tago and May to, to, to just dominate. Do we have faith in starting him this week against Souths if we don't have to? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I will run with him personally. But no surprise that he is the most purchased player. A genuine cash cow. A genuine, like, hey, there, there is all the possibility in the world here. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. But could Brian Toto, who came into into first grade on the right wing, is there a chance that he moves back to the right wing when he's fully fit? And Ivan Cleary keeps that May-Tago combination happening. That'd be a beauty for Supercoach. But just still, even over Origin, I think holding Talon May would be great because he's not going to be an AE nightmare. Um, I don't see him coming off the bench at all. And, yeah, if they're going to rest Brian Toto through Origin, then Talon May could come in. You get a fair bit of uh, bit of cash grab over there, and then you flick him on when he's fully, fully, truly peaked. Number two on the most buyed soul, or the most bought list is Nico Hines. He was number two or number three last week, and he's still there. Look, back-to-back tons from him. Just getting his hands on so much of the pill, and it's exactly what, I see, what you want to see from a Mark A. Half that you're paying big money for in Supercoach. Yeah, no no issues with people buying uh, um, Hines. I've heard some some people say that we've missed it on, on Hines. I don't see it. I think he's got a break-even of, what, 
12 or minus 12 or something like that, there's still plenty of cash to be made. But even still, like there's no cash to be made with Hines. He's not a cash grab. He's a genuine out-and-out, set-and-forget half. Worried that he might get a jersey over Origin, but yeah, I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but he's just a genuine stud. This Shark side looks a lot better than what I thought they would have coming out of the bat with all these new signings, and, and Nico Hines is just an absolute stud. Number three, uh, Cam Munster. Now, he had a brilliant game, one of the top scores of the round last week. Shaved his head, though. Now, how much stock are we putting into the long hair Munster? We, we see him with a with a ball trim. Still with the, the mustache, though, so we could probably give him a couple more points there. But, look, in all seriousness, Cameron Munster, just a, an accumulator of points. He'll get your tackles, get your runs, and he's got the attacking upside as well. And they have a fantastic game this week. A really good matchup for the Melbourne Storm, so no issues buying Cameron Munster. Another one of these guys that is set and forget, barring origin for the rest of your season. Probably, in my opinion, the best 5'8 for Supercoach. Number four, Bo Fermore. There's still plenty of cash to be made here with Bo Fermore. Looks really good outside of AJ Brimson. Uh, hopefully, AJ is past fit for this. There was some reports that he would be missing this game. Uh, thanks to that huge hit from, I think it was Valamate at the end of the Titans-Raiders game last week. But Bo Fermore available at 2RF and center wing. Just a genuine out-and-out cash grab. Like, he's just... There's still plenty of cash to be made there. It's not too late, in my opinion, to jump on him. Anyone with a negative break-even, it's not too late to jump on them as well. And I think he's very... Rocks and Diamonds... He's a, he's historically he's been a forty point or a hundred point guy, um, but I'm happy to ride the highs and lows with him. Number five, Josh King. People brought, people bringing him back in after seeing him start with cheese on the bench. The jury's out when it comes to my opinion on King. Have we missed the jump because he's a bit of a plotter? Last week boosted by some attacking stats, so that will sit in his rolling average. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I still think there is a little bit of money to be made here, but I'm not as confident on him as I am someone like a Fermor, um or, or a Nanai who we'll touch on. Number six, Harry Grant. As I said, the best super coach hooker. The only concern of, will be with Brandon Smith on the bench, but I might be reading too much into that one. I still think Harry Grant is, is an out-and-out buy. Um, if you can make it work without using a trade boost or whatever, if, if you can just do the straight two trades, then, then all aboard the Harry Grant train. Jeremiah Nenai comes in at the number 7th most bought player. 100-point game last week. Three tries, no line breaks. So 50 points basically without tries for 340k or whatever he is. An absolute stud. I am very, very happy with the the call to go Nenai over Luki. And that was a sword I was willing to die on in the preseason. So very much happy to chalk that one up as a, as a little W in the column there. But... Nanai, if you don't have him, get on him. Todd Payton's got a lot of faith in him. I'm pretty sure there's reports that he's re-signed as well, so another huge tick there. 80 minutes, still mid-300K back rower. All aboard the Nanai train. All aboard Cameron Murray as well. I was worried pre-season coming into this about his shoulder, what his sort of limitations were, whether his minutes would be there, and then you saw him benched in round two and, and the internet lost their mind, but he's proving to be one of the most consistent back rowers Another one of these guys who will be affected over Origin, not ideal, but just the output that he would give you, tossing up between him and Isaiah Yo as, as my best 13 in the NRL, but yeah, still, like he is just a, an out-and-out gun. You're paying a premium price for him, but his super coach impact is huge. He'll make you a bunch of tackles. He'll make you a bunch of runs. He'll do a bit of everything, a bit of ball playing as well. He'll take the pressure off Ilias, and South Jaws does open up immense for me. Um, when it comes to number nine on this list, Tom Dearden now... He's a really awkward price, 440k. I want to say off the top of my head, he's he's had a bit of a price rise. Had a great start to the season, 
but can we get behind Tom Dearden? Do we do we think this is like a, a new Dearden for me, or do we think it's just historical starting hot and, and cooling off? I'd much rather someone like a Dylan Brown for that price. I'd much rather go up to Sam Walker and take a punt on their draw um, over someone like a over a Tom Dearden. But I can understand why people are doing it. Probably seeing a low break even and yeah, jumping on that. Number 10, Brad Schneider. Now, Brad Schneider is giving me plenty of headaches this week when it comes to, to Supercoach and what do we do with him? If you don't have him, do you get on? If you have two gun halfbacks, do you sacrifice one of them and get on? He has a fantastic Supercoach game. A really good base for a young half. Goal kicking as well. In a side that should be there or thereabouts when it comes to putting up points, you'd expect the Raiders to put up anywhere from three to four tries a game, um, which is going to give Schneider a feral crack off the tee. Fogarty isn't going to be back for what, another five, six weeks at least. Um, so, yeah, he's given me plenty of headaches. If you don't have him, you've got to buy him. It's just a case of different team dynamics. If you've got two gun halfbacks, then you sacrifice that cash generation. That's the situation that I find myself in, and we'll touch on that when it comes to trades. The most traded out man this week is Luke Keery, and I'm assuming a lot of people are trading Luke Keery out for the number two most bought in Nico Hines um, or having them in, in the 5 eighth and buying from Cameron Munster. The jury is out when it comes to me and the Rooster stocks, considering their draw is just so, so good. Um, for the YouTube audience, let's have a look at the Roosters' draw, and I'll try and do my best to explain um, what we're looking at when it comes to the Roosters moving forward. From now, round four until round 13, they play the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Warriors, the Dragons, the Bulldogs, the Titans, Parramatta, Penrith, Cronulla, and Canberra. So basically, two tough matchups, and even Parramatta, who who are not a, uh, are no stranger to leaking points. So you could basically say one tough matchup in Penrith in round eleven, and then it's pretty clear sailing for the Roosters. So the jury's out on my on my stance on selling Roosters stocks, but Kiri has just not lived up to what people were hoping for and what he uh, the numbers he was putting up in the first three rounds last year. He does have that duel, which is handy. Um, so. I don't know if I'd be rushing to sell him. And you're just putting a lot of stock in the Roosters, potentially just killing it um, with this draw they've got coming up. Number two most sold, I do agree with this one wholeheartedly. Ethan Bullymore, relegated to the bench, relegated to uh, a role that will not see him make good cash. The experiment, I feel, is out here. It's done. The first week was fantastic. He did get bailed out with that try and line break. Otherwise, you're looking at a 30-point performance, which was our worry with Bullymore. His PPM is not fantastic if he's not getting 80 minutes, and now he's not. Uh, I would definitely be cutting ties with Bullymore. Taltal Moan in number three. I'm not an owner, so it's hard for me to give my judgments, but you you feel like it's got to come around eventually. It's got to click. He's got that handy duel at center wing 5'8". So I feel like if you can avoid selling him, do that. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's he's just not getting enough ball. Ben Hunt's controlling the side a lot. Um, reminds me similar to Souths as well. Cody Walker taking a lot of ball off Ilias. Ben Hunt taking a lot of ball off Taltau and Moan. So, yeah, uh, I would if you can make a, a reasonable trade work, do it. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be making something sideways just for the sake of, of a poor score. Number four, Tony Staggs. I flipped and flopped on this one. I've told people to hold. I'm now coming around to the idea of selling him. It's just not. He's not getting enough ball. When he when he does get ball, he is looking fantastic. But it's just not. Enough. It's not consistent enough, and and it's just I don't know. You, you watched him. I think he had like three or four tackle busts on the weekend, and that was in two runs. And he just looked very, very good on the eye, but it's just not consistent enough. And and for four hundred and fifty k, what you paid for in preseason, it hasn't hasn't transpired uh, the best it is. Um, for the Broncos coming up, 
their draw is looking like New Zealand this week, the Roosters, Panthers, Bulldogs, Cronulla, Souths, Manly. So a pretty, what do you got, four four tough matchups there in the next six. You've got to be moving on from Tony Staggs, I feel, and it pains me to say because he is just so, he's just so good on the eye and it could just come together. One week he could just score 100 points and you question why he's holding, but how long are we going to be holding on to that for? Number five, Angus Crichton, the most sold player this week. Pretty self-explanatory, I think. He's been benched. The scores haven't been there. Playing it out of the middle. Just only scored 30 points on the weekend. That'll be in the rolling average now for another two weeks. So, yeah. Move move on from Angus Crichton. Nothing more to be said there. Tyrell Sloan showed a lot of promise in round one. I think he had a score of 70, and he looked really good, really involved. Uh, But for the Dragons, I think their draw is kind of flipping, flopping. There's never really gets good for them. Uh, they've got Parramatta, Souths, Newcastle, Roosters, Tigers, Melbourne, Titans, Warriors, Bulldogs, and then the bye in round 13. So it does get good sort of after round seven. They play Melbourne, that's sort of it until the bye. Uh, but Tyrell Sloan, I can see why people are jumping off because, like I said, Ben Hunt is getting a lot, a lot of touches. And if Ben Hunt had that hooker duel... Uh, what he had last year. I think we'd be talking about him a lot more, but moving Sloan on for someone like a May as well, I think a lot of people would be would be doing that. Um, freeing up a lot of cash. May seems to be the big sort of link between a lot of these trades just from how good he performed. Number seven, a guy that I'm trading out no matter what, Reed Marnie, just has not looked up to what he performed last year. He started the season like a house on fire. We all put a lot of stock into this Parramatta opening draw and how much they would fire, uh, how much they're hot starters. It's worked for, for Mitch Moses. He had a really good start. Dylan Brown has obviously played played over his skin the last two weeks. But Reed Marnie has just not really clicked for him, and the, the attack just isn't there. It looks like they're using Gutherson, Brown, and Moses running more, and Reed's just relegated to a bit of a tackle bot. So, yeah, I'd be moving on from Reed before he leaks any more cash. Jerome Hughes, after a 100-point game in round one, I didn't expect to see him as the eighth most sold player come round three or the start of round four. Uh, but two poor scores, I can understand why owners may be getting frustrated. You've got a, a guy like uh, Nico Hines who's, who's braining it. you obviously got Nathan Cleary coming back this week. So I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people are trying to find funds to to get to Cleary or, or to just swap to Hines. So I can understand that move. Number nine, I can also understand this. Absolutely. Uh, Stefano Utoikamanu out for up to 10 weeks with that syndesmosis, high-grade syndesmosis injury. And even still, like, he didn't look good. He hasn't looked like the Stefano that finished last season. He hasn't looked like living up to the preseason height that a lot of people put onto him. So moving on from Stefano with that big injury, 100% uh, vouch for that. The only problem with selling someone like a Stefano Utoikamanu, front row forward is barren. Front row forward, there is nothing there. So... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
who do you move him to? Do you just go real cheap? Do you go Josh King and Max King and just play those guys? Or do you find the cash and go up to Payne Haas? Like front row forward, it's it's very, very tough to to work out. And a lot of people are saying they want to sell Adam Fanor Blake. And I, I understand why, because it has been frustrating. But who do you sell him to? There is no one really to move on. Like you can go Jai Arrow, uh, but as a Jai Arrow owner myself, I'm concerned about the minutes that he dropped dramatically with Liam Knight coming back into the side. So even there, it's not even a slam dunk pick. So... Front row forward is tough, but Stefano has to be a sell considering the injury. And number 10 on the most sold list is Tom Travojevic. I think he was the number one most sold player last week, number 10 this week. So can understand why people are doing that. Just it hasn't worked out. He's currently ranked fullback 15th. Um, I was advocating to hold because you pay turbo for a reason. But this weather in Sydney is not going away anytime soon. And, and Manly play again this week in Sydney, I'm pretty sure. So... Oh, uh, Turbo sucks. You've lost cash near him, but yeah, move on from from him. Unfortunately, especially the fact that Nico Hines is available at fullback, that that is a huge, huge positive in my book. Um, moving on to that's probably the most sold players this week. Let's see if I can get the soundbite working first. Good afternoon. This is your captain speaking. I'm glad that we got that one straight out of the way. Captain O, Captain. Now, last week we vouched for Nico Hines as the VC. Pretty happy W there. We vouched for Pappenhausen as the C there as well. Um, w there. We vouched for Munster as the C. W there. But we vouched for Turbo as a captain as well, which did not yeah, really go down too well. All right. <sighs> Captaincy this week. There is a plethora of options. You've got David Fafita as vice captain. And I think that's where I'm going to be leaning this week personally. David Fafita against the Tigers could be anything. Jaden Campbell out, apparently. So, do they have... Or, no, he, not apparently, he is out. Jermaine Asako coming in at fullback. Will that give Fafita more ball against this lackluster Tiger side? I think it's too much to pass up. You've also got Nico Hines, is a, obviously another genuine VC option. I think he plays a second game this round, but you could also just double up in Fafita, VC, Hines, C. Big balls play there, but I feel like it could work if it... Uh, yeah, if, if Hines just can produce anything like he has the last two weeks... I've got James Desco as a C as well. They've got a fantastic uh, game against the North Queensland Cowboys up in Townsville. No Trent Robinson, though. Are we worried about that? Not too sure. I think Teddy's class enough to bounce back from a pretty poor game against the South Sydney Rabbitohs last week. No two ways about that. There's no denying that he did not play well last week. So, Teddy, I'm backing him for a big bounce back. And then take your pick out of Pappenhausen and Munster as, as an XC for me. Um, they have another really good matchup too. So, never going to go wrong with any of these Storm boys. Um, backing them. So they're my four choices for captaincy this week. Moving into the hot takes. Look, last week, I know some kick-out owners were, were worried. I had him under 50. That was a, a big tick there. We had Jason Tamalola going over 65, and that was looking like bang on the money until the Cowboys just blew them, blew the Broncos out of the water, and Tamalolo wasn't needed to come back on for his second stint. So he narrowly missed um, his over 65 prediction, unfortunately. Reed Marnie, we had him tipped over 65. Oh, God, that was that was not, not good there. Marnie is just out. Uh, we had DC to outscore Turbo as well. They both finished on 64 points come full-time, but updates were kind to, to Turbo and not kind to DC. I think there was a four-point difference there. So we ended up going one from three last week. Not ideal, but Kikau, I think, was the, the one that I was most happy with considering he was one of the most traded-in players Moving on to this week, though, I've doubled down on my David Fafita prediction of him being a fantastic VC. I've got him going 100+. plus. I've got him having a bounce-back week against the poor, poor Tiger side. And, yeah, I honestly could explode for 100 points, I feel. 
We're doubling down on Viliami Kickout again. We're just going to go back to the barrel. Um, Viliami Kickout under 50 points again. We're just going to double down on that one. And yeah, ride this Rocks or Diamonds narrative on, on the Viliami Kickout train. Even though he is the most, what is he? The fourth most sold player this week. I have Tony Staggs having a big performance against um, the Warriors. I've got him going over 60 points. I feel like give him some more ball, give him some early ball before this run ends up. And uh, yeah, over 60 points for Tony Staggs when we haven't really seen the best from him at all. It's fair to say in the first three weeks. And last one, bit of a pod play. Wunga Blake, over 75 points against the Dragons on that left wing for Parramatta. It's an absolute prime real estate spot. So uh, we're backing him to have a big game. So David Fafita, over 100 points. Viliami Kickout, under 50 points. Katoni Staggs, over 60 points. And Wunga Blake, over 75 points for this week's hot take. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. Trade talk this week. I am not locked into any of these. Um, I've got two. I'm locked into. I'm locked into one of them. I just can't work out which one. We've got two options on the table. Reed Marnie out definitely, and Tom Starling in definitely. That is one trade that I'm not moving on. Um, it's going to give me at least 186k in the bank to play with. But then the next trade we're looking at potentially Sam Walker out for Brad Schneider in, and this is what I said before about. Not knowing what I'm doing with Schneider and how much faith I've got to put in this Roosters draw coming up. Obviously, Sam Walker, goal-kicking for the Roosters. If they can start putting on some points in these fantastic um, draw matchups they've got, whatever you want to call it, there could be 25, 30 points worth of goal-kicking on here if Walker can can score them. But Brad Schneider, just the ultimate cash cow, probably the, one of the best cash generators we've got. At 186k, massive, massive negative break, even after a fantastic game, after we spoke about him. That's what I'm, I'm weighing up my mind on. And if we ended up going the Walker to Schneider move, it's going to give us 507k in the bank to go Randall to Grant next week, which would be huge because then I've got Starling and Grant, and I'm probably not going to have to have touched. I'm probably not going to have to touch them moving forward. But as I said, this Roosters draw is really, really enticing me to keep Sam Walker. Uh, as we touched on before, they're playing the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Warriors, the Dragons, the Bulldogs, and the Titans in the next six weeks. That That is a one of the best draws I feel like you can get, chucking the Tigers there and, you, and maybe uh, the Broncos again, and you could be having a field day. But my gut is telling me to, to hold Sam Walker. My heart is definitely telling me to hold him, but what does my head say? And I'm going to have to sit down and, and have a long, hard think about the moves we're going to make because the moves that we made last week, they were they were extraordinary. They they netted me a monster amount of points. Palomay went over 100. Nico Hines went over 100. And both Firma went over 90. So we couldn't have asked for better trades last week. And to continue on the hot momentum that I've built up in my side, I've got to nail these trades. And if we can go Sam Walker, he could just recoup the cash he's lost and he could make some if he, if he hits the heights we know that he can do. He's definitely got a 150-point game in him. But the question is, is he going to get enough ball and enough space and enough time uh, in my side to do that, or do we cash out on Brad Schneider? I will, um, yeah, we'll sit down and, and we'll have a think about that one moving forward. Uh, but that's basically going to to wrap up the the analysis side of things. Let's move into a few listener Q and A's. Didn't you just trade Schneider last week for Hines and kept Walker? Lol. I traded Walker for Hines and kept Schneider. Um, yeah, look, in hindsight, I wish that I didn't. I wish I just traded. Um, Walker last week, but now I'm in the predicament where I've like I've doubled down, I've got to stick with it, and then we got to move from there. Uh, yeah, so mm. 
What about the Eels draw? This comes from Jonathan Keating. Um, yeah, the Eels draw is phenomenal as well, and this is why I don't like trading out Marnie, but the Eels had a fantastic first two games as well, and Marnie didn't do a whole lot. Parramatta have St. George, the Titans, the Tigers, Newcastle, and the Cowboys. Pretty, pretty juicy uh, next, what, six weeks. And if you have stocks in Mitch Moses or Dylan Brown, I would not be moving on from them. Hell, if you have stocks in, um, in what's his name, uh, Clint Gutherson, I wouldn't be moving on from him either. Is Brody Jones an option with both edges out for the Knights? Um, you mean like both edge replacements? Because Frizzell's still there. As I said at the start of the show, Brody Jones averaged 50.5 points a game in his four games starting last week for um, last year, sorry, for the Newcastle Knights, but only went above that 50.5 once. Now it's with a 67-point outlier, so uh, do with that what you will. I would definitely be waiting on Brody Jones. I wouldn't be jumping the gun on him just yet. Uh, Mitch wants to know, thoughts on Teague Wilton? Graham has played 40 out of the last 78 games in three years. Why does everyone think he's a lock to get his spot back at age 31? I definitely don't think he's a lock to get his spot back. I think Craig Fitzgibbon's going to have a big, big call on his hands when Wade is back because, as you said, mate, 40 games out of a possible 78, not ideal when it comes to, to Wade and his longevity. And at what point does he hang up the boots? Because Wilton is an out-and-out star. Um, teams are chasing Britain to core as well. So T. Wilton has looked phenomenal the first two games. Obviously, he's suspended for the third, but... With the, with the uncertainty around the Sharks' back rowers, yeah, Teague Wilton could be a great buy. He's a good little cash grab, I feel. How early do we need to be start worrying about buys and origin? From that one comes from Ben White. Never too early, Ben. Um, I think if you're tossing up between player A and player B, um, one of them doesn't play origin, one of them plays the first buy, you go there. I wouldn't be targeting players just because they play round 13, but it's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, Alex wants to know Walker and Fafita for Cleary, Brody Jones, or Walker and Ilias for Dylan Brown and May. Um, I prefer the Dylan Brown May call personally, mate. Um, but I wouldn't be trading out Fafita or Walker um, if you don't have to, unless you're going down. Because um, yeah, Fafita's got a great matchup this week, and Walker has a brilliant matchup for the next six weeks. A couple more questions, and we will finish up the audio podcast. I appreciate everyone putting up with me talking for thirty minutes straight with no brew. It's uh. It's a little bit different. We're going back to the old days. Anyone that listened to my very early pods last year knows the the single format is not my favorite, but uh, we will carry on. Ethan wants to know, he has a dilemma. He has Crichton and Marnie sell Crichton and buy Talon May by moving Firma to the second row and buy Starling or Grant. I would be buying Starling this week over Grant. Reason being, Grant is not going to move up and down in price and Starling's will. Um, so yeah, Riley, last question of the day wants to know what did Tom Starling get in base last week? Riley, mate, he scored 70 points with a try and a try assist. I think that's 20 points. So yeah, 50 base. I want to say, I haven't looked into it too much, but yeah, still pretty good base. Um, guys, that's going to wrap up the audio section of the podcast. As we do every week, we're going to be sticking around on YouTube exclusively to answer, uh, a couple of questions just from the YouTube live chat away from the podcast. So if you want to get involved with that, make sure you head over to the dual position podcast, YouTube channel, catch the live streams, seven o'clock on a Tuesday, and I think eight 30 on a Sunday. Uh, but for now guys, thank you very much for listening to the round three preview. I've been your host, CSC whisperer, and we will talk to you uh, again, live stream on Thursday. And we'll talk to you again on Sunday when it comes to the round wrap-up. Cheers, guys. Bye.